Hello and welcome to the Brick Cave Blitz, the show where we try and talk about as much of the NFL as humanly possible in normally in the time it takes to make a full roast dinner. Uh, I am your host as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. And unfortunately you'll note that there is no Smith this week. Yes. Uh, uh, it's just me. You just have to deal with it. Um... We are obviously post uh, post wild card weekend, and looking forward to the divisional round. Some upsets in the week um, that we are going to talk about. So, as said previously, we are doing uh, a mixture now. Uh, we're because of the the amount of games we have, we have now recombined the previews and reviews. Um, so you get to look forward to all of that. So yes, uh, the Wild Card Weekend, or as it's now known, Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, has many, many upsets, many, many uh, fantastic games in it, and it all kicked off with uh, the Cleveland Browns travelling to Houston to take on the Texans in a game where everybody thought that Cleveland defence uh, was going to make mincemeat of Houston. Um, Houston is coming in with a first-year head coach, first-year quarterback, and a few of their key players uh, out for the count, unfortunately. Um, that was not to be the case, though. This was a mega, mega back-to-front game um, in the first half, and then all Houston in the second half. Uh, nothing allowed. Uh, final score for this game was 45-14. to Um I mean, obviously, there's so much that good that can be said about the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud, uh, 16 of 21, 274, and three touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary proving me wrong when I talked about uh, the lack. I didn't say lack, but the not fantastic defense, that, uh, sorry, running game that they needed. He had 13 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Nico Collins having a fantastic game for, with six receptions and 96 yards, uh, one touchdown out of seven targets. Um, but they had so much going for them, especially on the defense to stop Joe Flacco and team. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. proving that the third round was the absolute right spot for him. And that uh, Arizona made a slight mistake by allowing uh, Houston to trade up uh, to get him. Um, tackles uh, for losses, sacks. This was a fantastic, fantastic showing by this uh, Houston defense. Um, quite impressed, quite impressed. The Browns, I mean, after a turbulent season with... Uh, four quarterbacks starting under centre for them. Um, you know, Nick Chubb going out early. They very quickly abandoned the run game. Um, Kareem Hunt not having a lot. Eight carries for 26 yards. Jerome Ford, nine carries for 17 yards. Joe Flacco himself scrambling for 13 yards three times. Um had a really good connection with David Njoku once again um, but he had 7 receptions out of 11 targets uh, and Mari Cooper only had 4 receptions five out of 5 targets 
but only for 59 yards. It was really impressive to see this young Houston team really take it um, to the Browns and you know show that they had a dominant defense as well. Um, but as I say, that defense for Cleveland was the galvanizing factor that gave Houston, uh, you know, a bit of worry coming into this game, and actually had allowed Cleveland to come into this game uh, with their record of eleven and six. Um, but yeah, they just didn't do enough to stop uh, this young Texans team, and I'm very, very impressed by it. Um, obviously, the story. Here is this. These are the two recipients of the Deshaun Watson trade, the absolute, you know, sexual presence of the ears. And the story is that Cleveland really haven't benefited from that trade, whereas Houston have made those picks work for them. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Houston as they progress to the divisional round. Uh, the next game in this calendar was, of course, the Miami Dolphins going to uh, Kansas City in that very, very frigid, very cold environment um, and not performing. The Miami Dolphins did not perform in this game. Uh, a lot of it looked stagnant. They weren't able to make use of Tyreek Hill, uh, apart from one really excellent touchdown run. Um, but Jalen Waddle was relatively muted Devon A. Chan uh, was incredibly muted I don't know whether the occasion got to him um, but you know the, the the run game was once again relatively abandoned um, and that's because Casey went up very quickly and did not give up the lead uh, Casey eventually winning this game 26-7 Um yeah, I think the occasion was a bit too big for, for Miami. They had, I say, Miami probably didn't deal well with the cold, probably didn't deal well with certain factors. But yeah, I think the occasion was a bit too big um, for them. And as I've said in previous episodes, previous seasons, and on previous podcasts, Kansas City are a playoff team. They are a playoff team. They just know how to turn up in the playoffs. You can have an awful, awful season. Uh, did I say Miami? I think it... I meant KC, Kansas City, the Chiefs. If Chiefs get to the playoffs, uh, they are a playoff team and they just find ways to do things in the playoffs that just doesn't seem fair sometimes. They came into this with no no real receivers. Rashid Rice has uh, been their, their main target, but MVS has been elsewhere. Um, you know, other guys like Travis Kelsey have had rough, rough starts every now and again. Um, but yeah, Richie James, McCall Hardman, whatever you define his role as, not been a receiver, not really been a receiver um, in these games. And their run game was something to be desired. Um, but Isaiah Pacheco really stood up in this game. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire having, you know, a little bit of help here and there. Uh, sorry, providing a little bit of help here and there. And doing what needs to be done. Um, but yeah, 26-7. to A pretty sound defeat for the Miami Dolphins. 
Um, so yeah, that was that game. I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on from that one. Um, the next one was a major upset for a lot of people. Uh, this was one of the best nights of my life, um, and I I got giddy, absolutely giddy with excitement as this game was going on. Of course, I am talking about the Green Bay Packers going to Arlington, Texas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay took control of this game and did not let go. If you want a bit more on this, I'm going to give you my abridged cliff notes of this. Um, but if you want more on this, you should listen to the Unpacked podcast where we talk about this game in a bit more depth and a bit more detail and highlight a lot of people about this. Yes, so Season 3, Episode 8 should be coming out soon. This was fun. This was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Jordan Love doing exactly what he needed to do. An almost perfect passer rating, and it would have been perfect if he hadn't have been pulled out of the game to be put back in. Um, Green Bay said, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to score. And it was a very, very clever piece of tactics, as Dallas had never played from behind uh, in their own stadium. Um, or hadn't re really. I think the I think the the stats were like they'd been behind in their own stadium forty four minutes across the entire eighteen weeks of the regular season, and obviously we took the ball sixteen plays eight minutes later. Uh, they are behind seven nothing. They aren't able to do anything in the first half. Uh, a punt and an interception to round out the half. Uh, sorry, round out the quarter. Um, we put 20 points on the board, courtesy of Mr. Aaron Jones, Mr. Dontavian Wicks, and uh, an interception for Mr. Darnell Savage. Uh, so going into the half, we were up 27-7 to and come out in the third quarter. Uh, don't allow them to get a touchdown, but then we get another touchdown. They get a touchdown. We get a touchdown. It's a turnover on downs. It's a touchdown for us. It's a touchdown for them. We punt. They touchdown. We punt. They turn it over on downs. And then we kneel down on it to get the win. Final score for this game was 48-32. to 32. Um, Yes, as I said, Pat Jordan Love having an almost perfect game. Uh, Aaron Jones having 21 carries for 118 yards, three touchdowns on the day, and then another three touchdowns, uh, one, to Dante, uh, one to Romeo Dobbs, one to Luke Musgrave, one to Dontavian Wicks, and obviously, as I've said, uh, Darnell Savage having a 64-yard uh, touchdown, pick six. Uh, also on the day, Jay Alexander had a uh, pick, which was fantastic. Um, so let's talk about those Cowboys a little bit. Dak Prescott, you know, the amount of, uh, to quote Baron McCockner, uh, stat padding that went on in this game was incredible. Dak Prescott threw 41 of 60 for 403 yards, three touchdowns. Incredible stats. If you didn't know that they spent 52 minutes chasing this game, um, Tony Pollard had a very quiet game um, 15 carries for only 56 yards C.D. Lamb once he eventually got going uh, I'm going to start this where I don't normally he had 17 targets in this game 17 targets 
uh, he was able to convert just over half of them. So nine receptions, 110 yards. This was the quintessential connection that needed to be shut down by Green Bay, and it was shut down. It was a fantastic performance by the defense to make sure that uh, he was as quiet as possible. Uh, and he only got those receptions when it didn't matter. Uh, no touchdowns on the day. Michael Gallup had a great game. Six receptions of six targets for 103 yards. But again, it just wasn't enough. Jake Ferguson had almost a career game. Uh, Ten receptions for uh, 93 yards and three touchdowns. But again, because it was so far behind, you can't celebrate those. Um, yeah, this team... Um, just looked at a shell of its former self. It was out-schemed. It was outplayed. Um, Micah Parsons had the quietest game of his career so far. Um, Zach Tom and Elton Jenkins, I think, combining to shut him down. So the fact he only got one tackle and one assist officially is incredible. Um, yes, well done to that offensive line of the Green Bay Packers. Um, and it just continues the narrative that Dallas are uh, not great when it comes to the playoffs. And I, uh, I'm i here for it. So yeah, fantastic to see. Fantastic to see. Uh, next was one of the closest games uh, of the weekend. Uh, the LA Rams go to Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, this game was... A very back and forth game with Detroit looking like they were going to take control of the game and run it home. LA pushing to come back. Uh, eventually, it came out as a Detroit victory, uh, 24 to 23. Incredible game, incredible game. Matt Stafford done his utmost to uh, get there. Puka Nakua had another one of those mega games. Um, Nine receptions for 181 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup was clearly the guy that the Detroit Lions were trying to keep quiet. Five receptions for 27 yards, nothing more. Um, Kyron Williams had a fantastic game as the running back. Um, not high production, but done enough uh, on those rookie legs uh, to get what they needed from him. And they needed him to go and keep it close. Um, a fantastic reception for Tutu Atwell that led to a 38-yard touchdown. LA should not be um, unhappy with their performance. They gave everything they could um, to get their, their defense done, everything possible to try and slow down Detroit. But Detroit have got this little thing going. They've got a bit of momentum. Their running game took off enough time from the clock to make it worrisome for the LA Rams. David Montgomery and Jamal Gibbs combining for a total of 22 carries and, uh, what is that, 82 yards two and a touchdown apiece, um, doing exactly what they needed to do. Amon Ra had one of those games where I thought it was 2022 again, um, and it was in the regular season. He had a fantastic game, seven receptions for 110 yards. Sam Laporta getting the only throwing touchdown uh, for Detroit. Um, Sam Laporta is one of those guys, one of those guys, I think he's special, and this is a really great pick. Uh, for the Detroit Lions, and I think it's going to take them far. Talk about the defense. Brian Branch, Kirby Joseph, 
um, had relatively good games. Um, not their best games. Uh, Kobe Joseph tackling, I think it was Tyler Higby. Um, and unfortunately, that tackle sent him out of the game. Um, he has, oh, there's that video going around where uh, Matt Stafford is yelling at him. You're dirty, you're dirty. That was a clean hit, but you're dirty. Um, yeah, it sounds better with an American accent, I agree. Um, but yeah, great defensive play. Uh, Hutch, you cannot, cannot understate the impact that Aiden Hutchinson has had on this team. Um, two sacks on the day, two tackled for losses. Yeah, awesome awesome pick um and well done to him he's is he's really kind of come in and galvanized that defensive line with the likes of anzalone um rodrigo all that kind of stuff yeah really great pickup yeah i uh, i was thoroughly impressed by this game it was really end to end i didn't stay awake through it all because i was a tardy little bub um but yes i really enjoyed watching this game uh game in 40 later um, after, you know, once I'd scrolled to the parts I'd already seen. Uh, the moved feature of the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills was supposed to be played on Sunday, but was moved to Monday um, because of the intense weather that they were having in Buffalo. A very one-sided affair uh, for this, unfortunately. Uh, Buffalo went up 14 points in the first quarter and never relinquished the lead. They just done enough to keep the gap at 14 points. Um, Mason Rudolph trying his best to lead this team. Um, Jalen Warren doing his best on uh, eight carries. Um, but there was really nothing else to be said. Uh, Najee Harris having one of those games that kind of cemented him uh, as... As a disappointment towards the end, he was building up momentum, he was building up steam, uh, and he only had uh, 12 carries for 37 yards, not enough. Uh, biggest receiver on the day was Pat Frymouth, uh, who also had that almost uh, fumble recovery, um, which you know could have led to anything. Uh, Deontay Johnson having one of two uh reception that led to a touchdown uh calvin johnson having the other uh, it was an okay game for pittsburgh um i'm not really sure what to make of this team they you know we've we've talked about their streak in the past of uh mike tomlin able to get this team to 500 or more and it's just not worked out for them in the postseason as often as it needs to it's it's hard to see where this team is going to go from there but i think they they should retain a lot of their staff. They should retain a fair few players. Um, but it's just what happens to, uh, you know, the, the, the quarterback situation is the biggest concern. Um, and they've got, they've got to figure something out on, on their uh, running back situation. Buffalo, on the other hand, done exactly what they needed to. Uh, Josh Allen, 21 of 30, 203 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he ran one in himself. James Cook had a fantastic day. Steelers just could not stop the quarterback scramble as well. was something to be amazed at. <clears throat> Josh Allen, eight carries, 74 yards. That touchdown, as I've previously spoken about. There is a controversial moment where Josh Allen seems to do a fake slide um, or, or start, initiate a slide. Um and then just powers through. 
not really sure what to make of that. I didn't see it as a mega egregious thing, um, but I know how the fake slide has the potential to make you know those free safeties or those linebackers sort of hesitate because they don't want to get it rough in the passer call. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, and I think it should be penalised. But it either wasn't picked up or wasn't seen as egregious enough um, to go from there. So yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, I don't know whether it's going to be a point of emphasis for the NFL referees going forward, but we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, a, a pretty standard day from the uh, Buffalo receiving core. Um, nobody really hitting massive numbers. Everybody's just doing a bit of enough. Um, and I guess because this was a, a snow game, um, that maybe it wasn't a point of emphasis to uh, throw the ball as much. Uh, on to what is known as the biggest upset in the week. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles travelled to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. And in one of my rare insights of brilliance, um, I predicted that the Philadelphia Eagles would lose this game. Uh, simply because I saw them as a bit of a shell of their former self. Everything that they were doing, everything that they're, they're on the field kind of actions, all that kind of stuff, I just did not see it as a team that wanted to win, a team that looked like it had the, you know, the mental fortitude to dig themselves out of this hole. They'd done exactly what they needed to in the first 10 or 11 weeks. Uh, and then slipped from there. Yeah, it was painful to see because this is a team that has so much talent on it, not just on the offense, but on the defense, and had the potential to go so far, and it felt like it was wasted. I'm not really sure to make of it, but as I say, this the team just looked defeated before they even entered the stadium. Jalen Hurts, 25-35, 250 yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Swift having a relatively disappointing game on running back uh 10 carries 34 yards but he did also get four receptions for 32 yards no real scrambles for jalen hurts uh julia julio jones sorry uh had a quiet game three receptions 22 yards devonta smith being the biggest outlet on the day uh eight receptions for 148 yards but the big news is that baker mayfield scored three touchdowns one to David Moore, one to Trey Palmer, and one to Chris Godwin. K. Dalton had a fantastic day as an outlet. Eight yards, eight, sorry, eight receptions for 89 yards. Mike Evans had a relatively quiet game, but I guess he would be your big target um, if you were the Philadelphia defense. So you obviously go to the other guys. And I say, like, as much as you want to say it, this, uh, this Tampa Bay team is actually full of weapons. There is a lot of weapons on this team. Uh, Rashad White, as a running back, had a fantastic day. Uh, 18 carries for 82 yards, and also one reception for three yards. Um, a really decent day on, uh, you know, for him. Uh, and just as a good outlet, good uh, amount of time taken off the clock by him and the team. Uh, defense, you can't not understate how efficient that defense was to stop um, Philadelphia getting any kind of momentum. 
Uh, Philadelphia only scored in the second quarter. They scored nine points uh, because they got the touchdown and a safety to get the safety. I'm not seeing the safety, but I believe that was a safety. No. No, it was a field goal and a two-point conversion that they failed. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's disappointing. But, yeah, I was, I was hoping for a... Uh, I was hoping for a touchdown on safety. Boy, was I wrong. Okay, but yes, the final score for this game was 32 to 9. Um, okay, so now we are going to move on to the preview of the uh, divisional games. Uh, this is said to be a pretty wild divisional games, not like wildcard weekend. This kicks off on Saturday, the 20th of January, uh, at the lovely time of 9.30pm in the UK. I believe that's 3.30pm in parts of the USA. Uh, first game up is the four-seeded Texans against the one-seeded Ravens. Uh, massive, massive game. Um, and shows kind of a little bit of how predictable... Um, their division, the, the AFC was, as the top seeded teams all got through. Um, no wild cards got through from that division. Uh, sorry, that championship. So yeah, um, Smith has given me his notes on this game. Uh, can Stroud pull off the biggest upset in recent history? It's not out of the realms of possibility um cj stroud and that team have gone and done amazing things one concern for the ravens would be uh whether they have rested too long and developed what they call a rust um this is going to be an interesting matchup on paper the ravens have everything they need they've got their great offense they've got their great defense um you know the, the in the run game they've got it good in the uh, passing game you know the likes of odell beckham jr and say flowers um if they can get mark andrews back that is a question um they are a pretty damn good team um how will their coaching assist them against a more unpredictable QB. I don't know whether that's about the Ravens or the Texans. Um, I'm going to guess it's about the Texans because uh, Lamar Jackson has proved this season that he is a fantastic pass of the ball and a fantastic rusher as well. Um, not the rusher that's currently invading Ukraine. But yeah, uh, I think that um, it is a very, very tight matchup and I think the as I say tight matchup. I think this this young Texans team is a bit fearless. They don't know exactly how to lose in the playoffs at the moment, but they also don't know how to give up, um, and that's a very very admirable quality. Uh, obviously, this is in Baltimore, um, so the home crowd is going to make sure that the Ravens have the backing that they need. Um, it's hard to go against the Ravens. They have shown themselves in so many different ways, so many different capacities. Um, but this is a this is the truest underdog story. Um, the Texans team that you know 
traded Sean Watson away for a load of picks, got rid of that kind of toxicity in their franchise. Obviously, we're opened up to allegations of covering it all up, all that kind of stuff. Not sure how uh, half of those go. Um, to come back with a rebuilt team and a new head coach, yeah, it's it's admirable to see. I personally think this is where the Texans' um, dream uh, dies, unfortunately. But I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. Um, continuing on, uh, we have the Packers at 49ers. Uh, this officially kicks off in uh, the early hours of Sunday uh, in the UK. Um, so this is a true Sunday night game, or Saturday night game. Packers, obviously, with that major upset against the Cowboys. 49ers, like the Ravens, have rested. But have they rested too long? I know they pulled their starters out uh, in that Week 18 matchup. We'll just have to see if they can come back rested. I said uh, in the Unpacked that I believe that Shanahan is a great enough coach that he would have made sure to get rid of any... Uh, any Bits of rust and stuff like that. He would have trained them guys hard um, to go from there. But obviously, momentum is a very powerful thing in the NFL. Um, and you would have to say that a massive performance for the Packers um, going into this, you would have to say the momentum is on their side um, for this. Um, Smith has told me that his biggest worry on the Packers side is them falling short on the run defense. Um, because anything less uh, will allow CMC to sniff out the gaps, and that's an absolutely fair point. And one thing that I did bring up um, when talking about this game previously is that Christian McCaffrey is a special breeder player, um, and even when he's not actively getting the ball, he's doing enough on the blocking and everything else to make sure that the likes of Ayuk or Debo Samuel or George Kittle or you know any of those guys have the best opportunity um, to to succeed. Um, this is going to be a tough task for the Green Bay defence. Um, is Joe Barry coaching them well enough to the point where they can play like they did against the Cowboys in a kind of lights-out fashion? I don't think the Cowboys uh, game will be repeated, um, but I do have a feeling that something special is going to come out of this game. One thing to note is obviously that um, that the Packers have been knocked out by the 49ers in quite a few games in recent years uh, from the divisional round uh, and the championship round. Um, but not a lot of the players that are currently on this team have experienced those losses. Um, you look at our receiving core and our, you know, th those guys haven't even been to the playoffs before this point so they don't know what it's like to lose in the playoffs um, so they're going to come into this game young and hungry I believe that's a really positive step for the uh, the Packers um, Smith's second point was biggest issue uh, could be injuries on the day obviously last year we saw the 49ers knocked out on an impressive Brock Purdy win streak um, simply due to him breaking muscles in his arms. Um, I think they'd be mightily, mightily unlucky to have that repeated. Um, but again, another concern is uh, Christian McCaffrey's injury history. 
when he was with the Carolina Panthers, he was injured a lot of seasons. I think the conditioning coaches of the 49ers have taken care of him a lot better than any other coaching team has. Um, so I don't think that's much of a concern as it previously was. But I do think that, yes, injuries on the day have the potential to make or break this team. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that case. I think it's going to be the shock of what Green Bay are going to try to do. Um, as we are seeing right now, this is the most complete Matt LaFleur offense. And he is stepping back from offensive play calling to assist with the defense. And I think that's a positive step. So we'll have to see how that goes. Obviously, I am backing the Packers. Um, I'll be watching this uh, very, not loudly, as quietly as I possibly can so that I don't wake up my neighbours uh, or my housemates. But yes, that is what I will be doing. I'll be wearing my lucky jersey. And it's lucky because of reasons. Uh, and my cheese head. And we'll be going from there. Uh, but this is played in Santa Clara. Not, I think this is going to be the warmest of the divisional games. Um, obviously, Baltimore up in the uh, north, uh, more north area, uh, currently experiencing yeah, uh, not a great weather front at the moment. Um, moving on to the first of our Sunday games, uh, technically, uh, this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Detroit to play the Lions. Uh, this is a dome, so it's not going to be too badly affected. But yes, um, Smith's first notes. The Lions can show the Bucks they don't deserve to get this far in the first place. I don't know whether that's a bit of bias, but I think Tampa Bay has earned the right to be there as much as any other team. Um, the, AF, sorry, the NFC South has been a bit of a, a disappointing division, uh, to say the least. But I think that win against the Philadelphia Eagles kind of proves that they weren't always as bad as they could have been um, going from there. Their mentality has pushed them into wins against Titans all the way up to this point, so the Bucks are no real threat. I'm assuming he's talking about the Lions mentality there. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very, very valid point. Dan Campbell has ch coached this team into such a good mentality where they aren't phased by being favourites. They are still themselves considered underdogs. And that's the kind of motivation that they need um, going into this year. Um, they have been very well coached. They have definitely, definitely taken wins where they absolutely needed to and stolen wins where they can. And I think this is a very good, very decent Lions team. But the Bucks are no pushovers. Um, they very, very much in some games have risen to the level they need to to make games competitive or in games like you know their weekend week 18 matchup against the Panthers, um, fallen short of where they could be um, to just scrape wins. Um, Goff is the third least pressured QB this year, so even if the Bucks pile on the blitz there's not much of an issue there especially with the Lions run game and what other teams run runs games have done against their D-line this season a very valid point I think 
yes, the Lions O-line has been touted as one of the best in the league. Um, they have great running backs in Montgomery, Reynolds, and obviously Jameer Gibbs. Um, their ability to pass block with like the likes of Laporta and bring in help when necessary has been fantastic. But also their release of the ball, getting out quick enough in times, being able to extend plays when needed. Um, it has been a fantastically coached offense. That being said, they are facing a very, very good Bucks D line. Um, Vita Vea is just one of those beasts. Um, but then you could say that last week against the LA Rams, they faced a very stellar D line. So it's hard to say what's going to happen. I think this is potentially, this has the potential to be one of the closer matches of this weekend. Um, when in reality, I agree with Smith uh, that the Lions are on paper the much better team than the Buccaneers, but I think that Bucks team have got that dog in them. I'm really, really looking forward to this, seeing this matchup. Uh, he also says down with the South, um, and I don't know whether he's talking about the South as in like the. Um, you know, the North versus the South in the American Civil War, in which case I definitely agree. Um, or whether he's talking about the South of England, or talking about the NFC South, or the AFC South. Um, I'm not really sure that message is ambiguous, Smith. Please send notes. Okay, on to our final and potentially the most exciting matchup of this week. Uh, we, of course, have the Kansas City Chiefs going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, the weather expected to still be snowy. Um, so both teams are playing back-to-back -back snow games. Smith's notes. Ooh, rule change since the last time this happened. Yes, he is talking to the coin flip and the uh, overtime rule change that the first possession, even if it ends in a touchdown, does not end the game. Both offences have to touch the ball to end a playoff game. Now, that that rule could be seen in the, come into effect in this game. Um, as we know, the Chiefs and the Bills' history in this is a mega one. It is uh, almost kind of in the story of the playoffs for the few years. Um... Ooh, one QB is a lot more spoilt than the other since the last time this happened. I believe what he's talking about there is the... Um, I mean, he could be talking about a lot of things. He could be talking about that Patrick Mahomes has been spoilt by not being fucking injured this year. Um, or that he... You know, he's been spoiled by his defense stepping up and winning him games uh, in the regular season. We could be talking about Josh Allen being spoiled by give, being given running lanes, um, half decent receivers for the most part, uh, good tight ends, um, and almost winning games that they shouldn't. Um, not really sure what he means by that, uh, but let's talk about the QBs in the situation. So, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, a modern day goat uh, in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, he has the athleticism, the throwing talent that Tom Brady wishes he had. Um, and then you've got the more Tom Brady-esque quarterback in the height, the physical characteristics of Josh Allen, but he uses that physicality and is a much better runner than Tom Brady ever was. 
this is a great matchup. I think both of these quarterbacks are great in their own right. I'm not really sure if I can, um, you know, say that one's outright better than the other. Josh Allen has had less success than Patrick Mahomes. Um, also, he's had a bit of a tougher time. The, the team hasn't always been there for him um, when he needed in those games. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, you could say, has been spoilt by having great receivers um, in the likes of Tyreek Hill of past. Um, Travis Kelsey is obviously one of those outlet guys you can never forget about in the Mahomes era. So we just have to see uh, who's the better on the day. Next point from Smith. One team seems to have a more gelled offense than the other, especially since the Chiefs wide receivers prefer to play hot potato with the ball instead of football and catch the B word. Um, the B word being bastard. Um, I don't know what bastard they're talking about. Um, could they be talking about Jon Snow? Not a clue. Um, but yes, the Bills have played a lot better on offense in some games than the Chiefs had. Um, the Chiefs have notoriously had drop issues um, that cannot be overstated. MVS, a former Packer, is a guy that I have known too well to have drops in crucial moments. That being said, is he a great football player? He's great enough. He's great enough. He has a Super Bowl ring, um, so that can't be overstated. Um, he's a very big, deep threat when he needs to be. Um and it's, it's hard to, to kind of say that he is a flop. Um, I say any, any, any player that has a Super Bowl ring deserves to be given a bit of respect on the day. Um, Josh Allen maybe needs to slide more, especially with that aggression from the Chiefs D. There, there's as in, you know, T-H-E-I-R-S. A possibility of him actually losing his head. Great point. Um, when I think of this Chiefs defense, I'm obviously going to go to Chief uh, to Chris Jones. I almost called him Chiefs Jones, and I kind of want that to be his new name now. Um, fantastic player, uh, amazing record, and yes, is definitely going to be trying to take out Josh Allen wherever possible. Um, we've obviously talked about the fake slide. Uh, mentality that he may or may not have used in their um, wild card game. Um, could he try and use that mentality to go forward? It's a dangerous one. It's a dangerous one because anything more egregious will get called. Um, and as we know, uh, according to social media, the Chiefs get all the calls, uh, whether I believe that or not. Uh, I don't. I don't. I believe NFL refereeing is not where it needs to be. There are definite rules, uh, room for improvement and rules that could be approved so much. Um, but yes, this is a tough, tough matchup to call. I do believe form and momentum and all that kind of stuff. I believe that the Chiefs are doing enough in the playoffs um, on the regular. I believe that even though they don't have the wide receivers for it, that... The Chiefs are probably going to win this game. Something just tells me that the Bills always do 
just enough to get to this point and lose it. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes on the day. Obviously, this being a home game for the Bills could influence the momentum swing. It could influence how the teams get off the mark. I believe if the Chiefs get off the mark quick enough, they can isolate this game. But also, the Bills aren't afraid of comebacks. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup. A very, very interesting matchup indeed. Um, so, yeah, that is the final game of the divisional week. And after this, we only have three full NFL games until the end of the season. It feels so ridiculous that this year has gone so quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for listening, as always, dear listener. It's been fantastic to host another episode of the Brick Cave Blitz um, to try and preview and review the NFL for you, obviously. Um, Smith wishes he could be here, uh, and I wish I had a better throat. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. I have been your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Brick Cave Blitz on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, if you want to hear more about the Green Bay game, as I said, I am a regular on the Unpacked podcast, um, and you can listen to a bit more of me there. From myself, it's a go pack go. And filling in for Smith, it's a Brooklyn Blitz. <laughs> <laughs>